A few weeks ago, I was interviewed in somebody else's podcast about ethics and specifically telling white lies. It was a panel. We were given uh, several scenarios and uh, we were asked to uh, decide whether we're going to be lying, uh, telling a white lie or not. And it made me think, and I did uh, just yesterday, actually, I did a LinkedIn poll, and, and I'll share the results, even though they're, they're pretty small. Uh, and uh, it gave me a new perspective on, on telling white lies and half-truths. And the perspective I'm going to give in this episode, hopefully it's just going to be one episode, um, is the perspective of the person that you're telling that white lie or half-truth to. What's their perspective and will they trust you more or less or the same after you told them that white lie? And, and I don't want you, want you to assume that the answer is absolute no. I'm going to share based on that the decision process algorithm that I kind of extracted from it. And again, this might end up being more than one episode. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of the Book of Trust and facilitator of the Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? The absolute approach to lying is probably what you do when you give a sworn testimony. And this is when they ask for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And, and you're asked to put one hand on the Bible to uh, give it more uh, power, more, more credibility. At that point, there is no room for not telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. There are exceptions like the Fifth Amendment. Uh, the, the language from the Fifth Amendment is, uh, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. So uh, you don't have to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, you can't say nothing, uh, something other than the truth. You can't tell a lie, but you don't have to tell the whole truth uh, if it puts you in uh, danger of criminal prosecution. The consequences of not telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth are extrinsic in that case. I mean, you can get a fine, you can be held in contempt of court, uh, you can be put to jail. So that's, that's the absolute lying. But we're not talking about the absolute lying. So I think the best is if we actually start with a few definitions. So I took a couple of uh, dictionaries. Merriam-Webster defines a white lie as a lie about a small or unimportant matter that someone tells to avoid hurting another person. So the interesting thing is they do call it a lie. They do indicate that it's a small or unimportant matter, so it's not a big deal, which is already a kind of subject to interpretation, uh, that somebody tells to avoid hurting another person. So we're already kind of putting 
a very specific intention, which I'm not sure that I agree with, that this is always why we tell a white lie. That's the Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition. The Collins Dictionary is, if you refer to an untrue statement as a white lie, you mean that it is made to avoid hurting someone, someone's feelings or to avoid trouble and not for an evil purpose. So the focus here is, again, the intention. Uh, we're adding avoid trouble, which is interesting. Uh, we're talking about hurting somebody's feelings, and we're saying it's not an evil purpose. Once again, I think it's a pretty narrow definition um, that can be broadened, and I'll do that in this episode. I, I did, in the title for this episode, talk about white lie and half-truth. So a white lie is when you're actually saying something that is not true. Does this dress make my butt look big? Okay, I'm not wearing dresses typically, but that's kind of the standard example. Uh, When you say no and the answer really is yes, you're telling a white lie. Half-truth, and I do want to incorporate half-truths here because I think that the treatment of half-truth and not telling the whole truth by the other person is relatively similar, and you'll see that as as I go through this episode. Half-truth is when I'm withholding something while telling the truth. So I'm not telling the whole truth. So I'm, I'm telling you something, but I'm not telling you the whole truth. So I told you that I did a LinkedIn poll And uh, the question, uh, the LinkedIn poll only came out yesterday. I only put it there yesterday. So I have a very limited uh, number of responses, 14 responses. And I have to tell you that I think the most I got from this poll were the comments that were made on this poll. So the question I asked was, when is it okay to tell a white lie? And again, based on only 14 people who actually took the poll, Two of them, or 14%, said it's always okay. Five, or 36%, said if it makes someone feel good. One, or 7%, said if the truth is uncomfortable. And six, or 43%, the larger group actually said never. It's never okay to tell a white lie. Now, This seems pretty absolute, and again, this is based on 14 responses, but in this episode, I'm going to share the the thought process, or, or at least how I see the person you're telling that white lie to, or the half truth to, how do they consider your trustworthiness as a result? And you'll see that that it's it's more complex than than the dictionary definitions. Let's start with the tooth fairy. I I don't want to go as far as Santa Claus because I don't know how many of uh, my my listeners uh, still believe in Santa Claus. So we'll, we'll go with the tooth fairy. I mean, is it fair to assume that you listening to this podcast know that the tooth fairy is not real but potentially you were told that it was so why do we do it why do we make that story about the tooth fairy is it because of tradition is it because we heard other people do that uh, and we know that it works is it really to help 
our kids find some good in the pain that they're feeling when they lose a tooth or when they look in the mirror and even if they didn't feel it and, and it looks awkward and, and you're telling them that it's gonna grow but right now they're hurting and uh, you want to make them feel good which by the way does meet the definition of uh, white lie they will find out I mean, there's no doubt that at some point they will find out. And, and you'll see that the whether you find out or not is, um, is a factor here. So they will find out. And what happens when they do find out? You know, most kids go, oh, okay, so you lied to me because you wanted me to feel good. I get it. I moved on. By the way, since you're still a kid, when you find out, then uh, you probably don't even remember that. Maya, when my older daughter, when she found out, she was really taken aback. I mean, when she found out, and I think she found out at school, that there was no tooth fairy, and it was actually us, she started questioning, what else are we uh, lying about? And you know what? It's one attitude. Typically not something you get from a kid. Most of them would go, okay, that was so sweet that you lied to me uh, and, and I'm moving on. I'm a kid, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. But it's not for all of them. And, and that's something to keep in mind. And this will play a role in uh, the description, in, in my analysis of how people react when you tell them a white lie. The next example would be, again, uh, do I look good in that dress? Um, you get that question. Do I get? Do I look good in that dress? What do you say? Uh, what do you say if you think that they don't? I mean, if you think that they do and you say they do, then there's no white lie. But when you don't think that they do, but you tell them that, that they do look good in that dress. Well, first of all, there is the question of will they ever find out? And if they never find out that they didn't look good in that dress, uh, what do they think about you? Well, uh, there is something to be said for you have the same taste and the, as they do. You made them feel good. They ask you when somebody asks you if you if they look good and you say yes, you made them feel good about yourself. So you may have increased the level of trust that they have in you as someone who's on their side. But what happens if they do find out? So the next question, and, and you'll see that as, as I go into the, uh, the algorithm, the, the decision process. Um, if they do find out, the next question will be, was it preventable? So they went out there and maybe they made fun of themselves because other people were like, what were you thinking wearing this? So it was preventable, and it was preventable by something really, really simple. By you actually telling the truth and not the white lie. Or maybe it was preventable, but I don't care. So other people don't think that I look good. I don't care. I only care that you think that I look good. I only care that I think that I look good. That's good enough for me. And you know what? Maybe I trust you a little more for that, for sharing the same feeling and i don't care what other people think and again you know it, it comes to uh how much do i care about what other people think 
or as you will see later, how big are the consequences of that white lie? If I feel that I made a fool of out of myself and it really makes me feel bad, now I look at you and I wonder, you know, there's always the possibility that you really thought that I look good. And so that, that means that I still didn't find out that this was a white lie. Um, but if I do know that you lied to me, so I go back and I say, you know, people told me that I look bad. And was that really what you felt? Did you really think that I look good? You know, maybe if, if you really do and, and you stick to your story, if you really do or you stick to your story, they will say, uh, they will think that you're incompetent. I'm not going to ask you again. And so I'm going to trust you less in uh, asking you about what I should wear. Uh, but if I know that you really didn't think that I looked good in that dress, by the way, I don't wear dresses, j just so that you know. Um, if you really did think that I did not look good, but you lied to me, I trust you less because you lied to me. And again, the fact that this was consequential to me, that, that I thought that I made a fool out of myself and, and it really bothered me, would only increase the reduction in trust that I have in you for telling me that white lie. But there's another factor, if you remember the dictionary definitions, and that is the intention. Why did you lie to me? Did you do that to protect my feelings? So, you know, should I be trusting you more for lying to me to protect my feelings? Is your intention more important than the consequences to me? There is no answer. There is no one answer. It really depends on me, on, on the person you lied to. Or is it because you don't want to feel bad by telling me that I didn't look good? Well, that means that you believe that the world revolves around yourself. Uh, and uh, you didn't tell me because you didn't want to feel bad. And you didn't care about the consequences to me. So I'm going to trust you less. I'm going to trust you significantly less. Now, one thing, if you remember, uh, when I talk about positivity of an interaction, and, and a big part of this here is positivity of interaction. If you remember, uh, positivity of interaction is made of two subcomponents. One of them is the level of BS that you deliver, uh, which obviously when you lie to me, there is a good level of BS. And empathy, how much you care about me versus care about yourself. And these two components will affect the level of trust or the change in the level of trust that I have in you. But something else that I said when I talked about positivity is that bad is much stronger than good. And this is based on a lot of research done before me, even Nobel Prize research, that we respond a lot more significantly to something negative than to something positive. This is, by the way, why we are a lot more um, likely to post a negative review if we had a negative experience than to post a positive review if we had a positive experience. So the impact of me feeling bad about your lying to me is going to be bigger than the positive impact 
if I felt good about why you lied to me. So that's something to keep in mind. Many, many years ago, I traveled uh, internationally from Israel to the US. Actually, this was a relatively long trip. I think it was a two, three week trip. And during that time, my father got hospitalized. Now, I didn't use to talk to my father on the phone every day. But both my mother and my wife, who knew that he was hospitalized, kept that piece of information away from me. They didn't tell me. Um, it wasn't a white lie. This would, this would be an example of a half-truth. So everything they told me was true. They just kept that piece away. They didn't tell me everything. Why did they do that? The intention was obviously good. The reason they did that was that there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, even if they told me and I said, I would have said, I'm getting on a first flight back home. I'm coming back home. I'm going to be at the hospital. Um, What would I be able to do if I was at the hospital? I mean, if if he was dying, then then this would have given me the opportunity to say goodbye. But they didn't think that that he was dying, and he wasn't. He didn't. Not not that time. So, the reason their intention was a good intention. I did not take this well. I actually trusted both of them less as a result because I knew that they would hold withhold things from me. Later, years later, I asked both of them individually if things were the opposite, would they have rather me tell them or not tell them? Both of them individually said, we wish, if, it, if we were in your, uh, in your place, we would have wanted you to not tell us, to hold, it, hold that information, because there is nothing else that we could have done. It would only put stress on our trip. I didn't feel that it would put stress on my trip. But they felt that if they were in my position, it would have added to their stress. And the fact that I was holding the truth, withholding part of the truth from them, would have been a better result for them. So this is kind of leading to uh, don't forget that trust is personal. That's my third law of trust. Trust is personal. It's relative and it's personal and different people. The same behavior that would cause one person to trust you would cause another person to distrust you. That's a perfect example. You're withholding the truth. For them, for my wife and my mother, this would cause them to trust me, trust me more, maybe a little more. Maybe not more, but, but just not less. But for me, it caused me to trust them a little less as a result. My question was, well, it wouldn't have made a big impact, but what else are they not telling me? Another example that I was involved with in 2016 when uh, I was elected and served on the uh, on a a very prominent school district board, the Plano Independent School District uh, Board. And we were issuing a bond. 
And I'm not going to go too deep into the bond, uh, what it is and and so on. But um, one of the things that really bothered me was a bond is being paid back by property taxes, at least here in Texas. Uh, So they collect property taxes and they use they they issue a bond uh, that the public buys. This this brings in money to do capital projects and then um, they repay the bond with property taxes that they collect from us, from from all uh, people that pay taxes within the district's uh, uh, geographical area. And there was a statement that was made back then in 2016. Right now, I'm trying to help our current school board, uh, school district, I should say, uh, make sure they don't make the same mistake. Because the words that were used were that we're doing all of those great things, you know, fixing schools, replacing buses, buying new computers and so on. We're doing this without raising the tax rate. And uh, I hope I'm not going to offend anyone, but every time they said we're doing that without raising the tax rate, the words, the, the sentence that, that was in the back of my brain, the, the thing that I was hearing was I did not have a sexual relationship with that woman. I don't know if I would call this a white lie or I would call this half-truth. It's it's somewhere between them because what it really is, is we're telling the truth, but we're touching a subtlety that, you, that may mislead you to think something other than what really is happening. And what happens with the bond when you say that we're doing the same thing, we're doing all those great things without raising the tax rate, People may actually miss the fact that you use the word rate. The property values are going up. The amount of dollars that you're collecting depends on the tax rate multiplied by the value of your property. You can keep the same tax rate, but since, and believe it or not, the value of my own home in the last year, went up 29%. It is assessed at 29% because of supply and demand, uh, mostly because of demand and low supply. It went up 29%. The law prevents them from raising it by more than 10%. The amount of dollars that I'm going to be paying next year is 10% higher than what I did last year. But when they said that they're not raising the tax rate, what I was misled to think, well, not me personally, but most people were misled to think that the taxes are actually not going up in dollars. And they did in 2016 and they will in in 2020. So what do I feel about that? First of all, will I ever find out? Of course I will. As soon as I pay taxes, I would go, wait a minute. I'm not paying the same. And then, what do I feel about them? But you told me that it's not going up and their answer is going to be what? No, we said the tax rate was not going up. The tax rate did not go up. It it actually stayed the same. It's the dollars. But I missed that subtlety. 
And, you know, one of the answers that I got when when I fought against that statement back in 2016 was people are not stupid. They understand the difference between tax in dollars and tax rate in percentage. Well, one of the people who promoted this, who supported that and went out publicly and issued a letter in support of that bond actually made the mistake and said we're not, we're doing or the district is doing all of this without raising the tax not the tax rate it went over his head and he's a banker he should not be oblivious to that that distinction in the current 2022 bond i heard the committee member a, a committee co-chair actually present to the board and twice, by mistake, said, instead of uh, we're not raising the tax rate, actually said without raising the tax, which is not true. So what do you feel when you find out? Because you will find out. You will see that the rate now, is, not, the rate is the same. You don't care. You're paying more dollars this year compared, compared to last year. What would you feel? Well... You tell me, what would the intention that you would attribute? First of all, are there negative consequences? Yes, I'm paying 10% higher dollars, more dollars. And you know what? When I look at my bank account, at the app I have on my phone, the numbers in that uh, app are not in percentage of my property value. They're in dollars. When I go to buy something at Walmart, I don't pay with percentage of my property value. I pay with dollars. So I will find out, and there are negative consequences. And that would lead me to think about what is the intention. What would the intention here be? The intention was to kind of make me support something without knowing the full detail, the whole truth. And when I think that this is the intention... What does it make, what does it, how does it affect the level of trust that I have in the school district? And really, that's that's all I'm trying to help with right now in that area. Make sure that we do not hurt taxpayer voter trust in the district. Well, I, I did suspect this. It is 27 minutes into the podcast and uh, I'm nowhere near done. So I'm going to stop here and pick it up in the next episode uh, next week. Next week, I'll go over the decision algorithm, how the person you're telling the white lie to considers what you did and how does it affect uh their trust in you and i'm going to give uh, a few uh, special cases such as uh, negotiations war uh, rumors of a layoff uh, and and other things i'll talk about that next week stay tuned what would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness let me know and i'll answer it in a future episode i would love to hear from you email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, 
write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.